0: I'm not a hero, never have been, never will be. I'm not a fighter either. I hate the sight of blood and the slightest elevation of testosterone in any room is enough to make me get up and sprint to the first available exit. So with the slightest hint of danger, which came in the form of my mom and pop as they crashed into the towering basketball hoop that they dug into the front yard that stressful night. I bolted the house shut and quickly covered every window and door with all of the boards that I could find in our basement. My old man was a carpenter, bless his choice of occupation, and he taught me all that there was to know about woodcrafting as a kid, so it didn't take too long. A little over six hours to layer and double check every possible entrance to ensure its stability, but that's nothing when I'm in the groove, honestly. I'm beyond exceptional with my hands. I even considered myself better than Pops when he was still alive and kicking, although I never told him. Pride and all that. That skill was passed on as easily as my curly black hair and annoying lopsided mustache that won't stay away no matter how many times I shave it off. But, uh... Yeah, the introduction, I guess. My name is Marco Killen, and I've locked myself inside of my house. Well, my parents' house. It was theirs before they were killed, after all, but I suppose that the law would be on my side if I stuck a claim to the damn thing, since I am next to the biological throne. I mean, if the law still mattered, anyway. My mom tried to have two other children after me, but nothing stuck. She had two psychologically brutal miscarriages, and then that was it. I don't even think my folks had as much sex after those two failures. Failures. Isn't that a funny thing to call a miscarriage? Something that a woman can't control? I always wondered what that felt like. An inability to create life when that's all that your body is supposed to do. I always wondered how easy it was for a person to hate themselves after realizing that they were sterile. As far as I know, my mom never tried to take her own life, but she got mighty depressed after it all. That night I heard the crash while I was in the shower. I know, crazy, right? to suddenly learn that your whole world was going to shit while standing naked in front of your bedroom window. I wiped a bunch of water from off my face as I squinted through the glass and was about to open it up and yell out to them to see if they were okay, you know, when I noticed that the car was rocking. And when I say rocking, I mean rocking, as if a squad of uncontrollable rodeo bulls was raising hell in the backseat. I leaned forward and tried to make out what was going on through the cracked windshield of the car, but it was foggy. And then I started to hear the muffled screams. Kind of hard to hear at first over the blare of the emergency alarm, but once your ear caught it, it was sure to stick with you. I'd never heard my parents scream desperately in pain before. And honestly, it's... Something that I don't think many people have ever actually heard. Think about it. Go through your memories. Have you ever actually heard your parents cry out at the top of their lungs in pain? Have you ever heard their throats gurgle as they filled up with blood? Or heard them beg for their lives as some unknown threat mercilessly attacked them? I'd bet my dick that you haven't. And if you have then I'm so sorry. Because it means that you know exactly how I feel. How I felt. I don't know why I didn't rush away to call the cops right away. Maybe it was because something inside of me was telling me that it was too late, that the boys in blue would be obsolete, or maybe it was because of a few explosions that I could hear in the distance. Not too far away that they didn't affect the house. It shook with the force of those booms and a few of my wooden car models fell off of my dresser to crash to the floor. But what sealed the deal? What really kept me glued to my spot in front of that window as I continued to listen to the carnage in the car outside? The violence that came next. I practically jumped through my skin as my old man was thrown straight out of the weakened windshield to land on the hood of the car in an uncoordinated limp mess. He didn't move an inch as someone who I'd never seen before hastily crawled out of the vehicle and started to smash his head in with their hands. It was a young dude with one of those punk rock mohawks and a tight leather jacket and a pair of embarrassingly tight jeans... He laughed maniacally as he brought his hands together and dropped them onto the back of my pop's head over and over, eventually cracking it and then then busting it open like a spring watermelon. I covered my mouth and almost puked when I saw that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever conceptualized the brain as a solid mass of whatever it's supposed to be, believe me when I say that it's not. It's just a bunch of watery gunk. The second it leaves the skull, it just drools out and forms a disgusting puddle, wherever it may be. There's really nothing interesting about how your brain looks outside of your head. Take it from an eyewitness. So there was my definitely deceased old man, whose brain gunk was being scooped up by that crazy punk rock bastard with his bare hands. He started to smear the stuff all over his chest, neck, and face. As if he was coating himself in the innards of his enemy after a well-fought battle. Except that there was no battle. And the look in his mascara-painted eyes told me that he didn't give any fucks about that. Battle or no battle, he was fucking someone up. I watched him giggle stupidly to himself as he kept on covering every bare patch of skin with my pop's noggin juice. And then I noticed something weird. He turned his head to look back inside of the car through the hole in the windshield, and I noticed a collection of giant pimples, or boils, or whatever they They were throbbing on his neck and were filled with a goo that looked like, I shit you not, it looked exactly like honey. Those things looked like they were going to pop at any second. I'd never seen that before. But then, that was when my mom joined Pops on the hood of the car. She was crying hysterically as she, with a speed that I'd never seen out of her, tried to crawl out of the windshield, most likely to try and dash away to the front door of the house. But something was holding her back, something was trying to pull her back in as she grabbed onto both sides of the jagged glass and screamed out in pain as she tried to yank herself out. She didn't even care about the punk rock dude whose arms just went limp and hung at his side. He stopped moving and just watched her struggle. His back was to me as he did, but I I remember picturing an evil smile on his face as he observed her, like some sick hunter watching an injured baby bear trying to escape its trap. Mom, to her credit, was strong enough, or at least desperate enough, to eventually manage to pull herself out of the vehicle, bit by bit as whatever was holding her back was seemingly losing its strength. After her torso came through the windshield, that punk rock fucker started to clap. He stomped one of his feet under the hood and clapped loudly, cheering her on. I'll admit it, even though I'm not the violent type, I wanted to throw something at his fucking head. My mom was wearing a simple cotton dress. I can only guess that the two of them went out on a date while I relaxed at home and as more and more of her body escaped the car, she revealed darker and darker shades of blood on it. Once her pelvis went through it, she looked like she dipped her lower body into a pool of blood. She was all slick and wet, and her dress was nearly brown at that point. Brown. The concentration of blood on her lower half was so heavy that it had changed color. I was hoping that she'd make it, of course, and then I hoped that she was able to trip that punk rock dick and make him fall to the ground neck first, and then I'd rush downstairs and open the front door and tell her that everything was going to be okay as we both went to the kitchen to call the police. In Those few moments as I watched her exit the cabin of the car, that's all that I fantasized about, but that's not the kind of story you're Hearing today, kiddos. As she pulled the last bit of her body out of the cabin of the car, two other people came with her. A man and a woman humming in pleasure, greedily attached to her legs. Or her. her thighs. She didn't have anything left past her knees. Her two guests were so busy trying to chew straight through her plump thighs that they didn't even care. the glass from the broken windshield scratched at their faces as they passed through it with her. The man, an older gentleman with a lousy brown bowl cut, had his eye caught on a straight piece of broken glass and it popped and was dragged out of his eye socket as he was dragged along. Mom started to bawl her eyes out as she collapsed onto the hood and covered the back of her head with both of her hands. Her whole body rocked, with her dry sobs. It was as if she'd given up, you know? As if the pain was too much. As if she had nothing left to give. The punk rock dude was happy to see that. I'd like to think that maybe he was impressed as she'd managed to claw her way out of the car with those two parasites nibbling on her limbs. Or maybe he was just a sick fuck who didn't give a shit about anything around him anymore. Who the fuck bashed someone's skull in with their hands or tried to eat someone's legs? Who? It's only too bad that what I saw that night wouldn't even be the worst of it. I had no idea how lost the whole world was going to be as I stood naked in front of that window. The punk rocker, as calmly as if he was grabbing a box of cereal from off the shelf at his local grocery store, unzipped his fly and pissed all over my mom. He didn't laugh as he did it, only leaned back and sighed out in relief as he stared at the sky. And then, after stuffing his cock back into his pants, he raised one of his boot-covered feet and stomped her head in. I didn't stand around to watch that. I couldn't. By that time, I turned around to run down to the basement. Like I said before, it took me six hours to barricade the whole house. Still can't tell you why I... why I rushed down to do that first before anything else. I could have just called the police and locked the doors, but... I guess I just couldn't get over the nagging feeling that I was going to die if I didn't. Of course, it didn't help that I could still hear my parents begging for their lives even after they were long dead and gone.